Welcome to the Family Huddle Podcast. We understand family was God's design, and yet our families can often be the place in our lives where we're the most ungodly. In this podcast, we're hoping you find encouragement from God's Word, as well as practical ways the gospel can touch down in your own life, your home, and your family. We also hope to share some laughter, great stories, and let you know you're not alone, no matter your season or circumstances. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Family Huddle Podcast. It's been a couple weeks, but we are back, and we're excited to be recording a double episode tonight. Yes, and we have some spicy content (laughs) to share with you tonight. We We are on some exciting chapters within Reengage, and that (laughs) happens to be emotional intimacy and sexual intimacy. Ooh, I like how you whispered that. Yeah, I felt like I needed to. I don't know why. We have hit the intimacy chapters. Yeah. And last week we got scared and so we canceled. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> last week, <laughs> life just got away from us. And uh, we decided that, you know what, these are two topics that kind of pair well together. Mm-hmm. And we could maybe just do it one episode and cover both. Yes. So that's our plan. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm hoping that even though this may lean more towards helping those who are in a marriage relationship, especially when we think about the sexual intimacy part, Mm -hmm. for sure the emotional intimacy as we touch on that can help any relationship. Yes. And also though, as we talk about sexual intimacy, one thing that we do want to kind of cover is just the messaging Mm -hmm. around it. So whether you're married, single, if you're a parent, for sure, we're hoping that this is helpful, especially you know, I think we can speak a little bit to years of student ministry and kind of walking kids through that topic. Yeah. Um, but it's really important what we believe about sex, mm-hmm. how we communicate it, how our lives demonstrate our beliefs. Yeah. And, you know, I think sadly we are seeing a generation, a couple generations right now who have no idea what a biblical sexual ethic looks like true at all so um yes obviously we will spend some of this toward married couples but um i think it's applicable really across the board yeah i think it's important and you know it's a subject that we don't talk about right and we whisper when we do right (laughs) so we're going to try not to do that (laughs) it is going to be appropriate so you know if you have little ones in the room we're not gonna we aren't going to get crazy spicy here right honest but we'll keep it pg with yeah. maybe crossing over into pg-13 a little bit <laughs> oh boy <laughs> now i'm nervous <laughs> well before we even go there let's just um, look back a little bit mm-hmm. we are like we said covering two topics tonight we've moved um gosh re-engage is flying by and we have moved into the seventh principle and there's only eight right so the last two weeks we've been talking about this general idea of growing in intimacy mm-hmm. and so when we talked about emotional intimacy um two weeks ago luke and katie white came and gave their testimony their story which is incredible and highly recommend that you um go back and listen Okay, as we were saying, we got interrupted by a child getting out of bed. <laughs> um, talking about emotional intimacy, when we um, oh, got to hear from Luke and Katie White, Yeah, I think I was saying I highly recommend you going back to the website and listening to their testimony. Mm-hmm. Um, the main idea of our week that week is this, or was this, 
Intimacy is to fully know and be known without the fear of rejection. Right. Being fully known and accepted by God allows you to be authentic with your spouse. True. Yeah, and I think um, that is God's design. Yep. And uh, unfortunately, we know that that's oftentimes not our experience. True. Because there's this whole thing that got introduced into the human system, the very DNA or fabric of our being, and that is sin. And sin disrupts and separates and breaks down God's creation. You think about Adam and Eve there in the garden. They were fully known and fully loved by God. Mm -hmm. And there was safety. There was security. There was fulfillment. There was purpose. There was joy. There was harmony. There was perfection. Mm -hmm. And then sin just wrecked everything. And all of a sudden, they went from a place of of being with God uh, to no longer um, having that relationship with Him that was intimate. And there was this hiding, and there was this um, fear, and there was this cover up. Mm-hmm. And that has really been the experience of of humanity from the garden. Yeah. His life is is a series of of cover ups. Yep. And not only did they experience that intimacy with God, but they experienced what no married couple since Mm -hmm. has experienced with one another. Yeah. They were completely, totally vulnerable with each other. I mean, yes, with God, but also with each other. other. They felt no shame. That's right. And we as humans don't know what that's like Mm -hmm. because we were born under the, the curse of sin, curse of sin. Right. And they, this was before that. So they got to experience really an intimacy in a relationship that we can only Right. Wait for right someday, right? When yeah. we're in heaven. So now there's barriers to intimacy yeah. because of sin. Yep. And a lot of times we cover up ourselves so that we can appear to be something else. Yeah. Because we don't really want to be real because we're fearful of that rejection. It's almost like in the movie Cinderella, which, uh, you know... <laughs> With having Ava um, watched a lot of Disney movies, and, Cinderella and being Stephanie. one of them, and stuff, <laughs> right? Disney is is kind of um, a favorite, a, a fave in yep. our home. Mm-hmm. But you think about the storyline of Cinderella. Here's this here's this young girl who is is a servant in a house, and and she wears rags, and and um, and she kind of has a really hard life. Um, and yet she has, as we know the story, um, she's given this wish to 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 be able to become someone for a night. Mm-hmm. And put on this whole like beautiful appearance as Cinderella, um, and so. But we know the story in the sense that at midnight things are all going to go back to way the way they were, yep. and no longer will it be Cinderella; it will be the girl in rags. And so she's fearful at that moment at midnight. Therefore, she's running from the prince because she doesn't want him to see her for who she really is. And so now she's trying to escape because she wants to continue to control the information that people see about her and remove herself from from everything because she knows that the facade is about to come down. Mm -hmm. And because she's fearful of that potential rejection from the prince, she runs and hides. And thankfully, you know, the end of the story, he pursues her and loves her just for who she is, which again makes for a really great story. But there's truths, I think, in that movie about how we live our lives oftentimes. Yeah. How we live our marriages. <laughs> right. Or maybe even, you know, it's interesting, there's so many statistics now about um, the age that people get married today is being delayed 
more and more if they get married at all. Yeah. And sometimes I wonder if some of that isn't tied to this fear of rejection. Yeah. You know, that they, there's really kind of an avoidance of commitment because you're, you might be scared that if somebody really knows me, like really knows me, Mm -hmm. they're not going to want to stick this out. So why even go there? Yeah. Um, but that's what we talked about, um, this week, this last week in, in re-engage is the importance of emotional intimacy, um, and being vulnerable with one another, not running from each other, Mm -hmm. from the fear of rejection, Mm -hmm. but I think first realizing that all of that stems from, and it's really only fully possible when we understand that, that God did not run from us, right? that he did not reject us yeah. when he fully knew mm-hmm. us exactly as we are, yep. sinful, broken, right? Romans 5, 8 says, but God shows his love for us in right. that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Right. I love how that, that verse in particular demonstrates is not couched in the past, Mm-hmm. but present right. currently demonstrates his love for us. Yep. And so every time we see the cross, we see how much we are loved by God right now in this moment. Yep. And I, I think that helps us become, you know, obviously first and foremost, vulnerable and real with God, knowing he loves us not on our best day, but on our worst. And that allows us to become vulnerable with each other. Absolutely. You know, I think um, as we talk about emotional intimacy, it really is the gateway for sexual intimacy Mm -hmm. in many ways, Mm -hmm. right? If we um, are not able to be real with our spouse, if we're not able to be vulnerable, if we have this constant fear that we're going to be rejected, then you can understand how pursuing a physical relationship, even though you're within marriage can be tough can be tough because those walls are up and that division exists Mm -hmm. and that fear is kind of controlling the relationship. Yeah. And so, um, it matters the topic of emotional intimacy. I think sometimes we don't give it a whole lot of airtime because maybe we don't fully get what it means. Yeah. Um, but it does matter that we really examine first how God loved us. And then we try to love our spouse in that way. Yeah. And I think when we are loved like that, it's obviously much easier to love somebody in return. Yeah. Knowing what they are overlooking in us. Right. Um, And there is such a, and maybe not overlooking is the right word, but maybe what they're willing to bear with. Yeah. And they're willing to show grace toward. Right. Right. That's such a, um, there's such a connection point there. Yeah. As a husband and a wife, when you, you see your spouse for who they really are and you you don't freak out and leave, yep. um, but you're willing to, to pray them toward wholeness mm-hmm. or um, toward growth Yeah, and be patient, right? That's right. And I think the, the gospel allows us to become more real and vulnerable in the sense of, you know, there's an exchange that occurred, mm-hmm. right? He took our rags uh, yep. of sin and in its place we're given his robe of righteousness, and now we're clothed again with the strength and the beauty and the perfection of God through his son, Jesus Christ. And because we know we have this acceptance with Christ, um, we no longer have to be fearful of rejection because we have the ultimate relationship with the God of this universe. And that gives us, that gives us the strength and that gives us the hope um, that 
we can be real with other people. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right? Yep. And so that's the basis. If we have the vertical relationship, then we're able to make the, the horizontal relationships work. And that's why it's critical to understanding what the gospel does for us and in changing everything about how we see life because everything has been changed um, with, from within. Mm-hmm. A new heart, a new mind, a, a, new, um, a new way of seeing things through the lenses of the lens of the gospel. Absolutely. So should we transition into if we understand our yeah. spouse in light of the gospel, right? Right. We're pursuing that emotional intimacy with one another. We're opening up to one another. We are not rejecting um, just because we might have flaws or yeah. <laughs> painful parts of our past right. or um, weaknesses that we're trying to overcome. Yeah. Then the gates of sexual intimacy yeah. Become primed. Yes. Right? It leads it leads the the way toward that. It so does. we not only want to grow in our emotional intimacy, but we also as couples want to grow in sexual intimacy. Yeah. Because it is part of marriage. An important part of marriage. It is. Yeah. And it doesn't get talked about as much. Yeah. I think in a lot of church, and, right? Right. And I think we talked about um, you know, perceptions mm-hmm. that we grow up having about sex from a lot of different arenas, yeah. whether it be your home life, church life, um, media, the world. Yeah. We get this messaging about sex that looks radically different mm-hmm. from the scriptures. And we had a really good in-depth discussion, I think, in our group around um, what were some of those perceptions we had growing up. Yeah, I mean, I think if you just look at... Um you know, from a media standpoint, we see such a cheapened version Mm -hmm. of what God intended for sex. Uh, We rarely see it from the media in the boundaries of marriage. Yeah. I mean, rarely, rarely. It's so uncommon. It's, it's terribly sad, but it's pretty much just a, an urge an impulse meant for pleasure, your pleasure alone. Mm-hmm. Um, it's meant for, it's almost like a, a toy yeah. that you can just get whenever you want. Yeah. Um, we often see the upside of it as well, mm-hmm. right? We see the pleasure aspect. Um, almost never do they depict <laughs> in a movie or a sitcom the fallout from right. what it would mean to treat sex as if it's just a recreational tool, right? Right. right. We don't ever see if I don't feel like we see the whole full picture, Mm -hmm. the power and the beauty and the pain of sex when it's not properly enjoyed or used or, you know, properly respected Yeah, for really the powerful gift from God that it is. And I think, you know, growing up, there was a lot of messaging from, from at least the church I attended where the idea behind sex before marriage was it was bad, it was dirty, it was wrong, and you shouldn't do it. And so that was just over and over and over um, yeah. repeated. A lot of fear. A lot I of fear-based, yeah. guilt-based kind of approach to getting yeah. us to do something. It was almost like behavior modification. Yep. Um, and that really didn't that really didn't work too well. And I right. got a very limited view of sex. It was, it was, it was, it wasn't the big picture. Yep. 
And that's why years later, coming to the scriptures, as it says, do not be conformed to this world, be transformed through the renewing of your mind so that you can test that which is good and pleasing, right, in the sight of God. And to be able to go, okay, what is this What is this thing called sex mm-hmm. as God has given it? And Tim Keller had a great quote, and he's like, listen, it's not because sex is so bad that God doesn't want us to do it. It's because it's so good mm-hmm. that he puts a fence around it, saying yeah. here's the confines, here's the context of which I want you to enjoy this incredibly powerful and wonderful gift, and that is within marriage. Yeah. You, know, you said something that's interesting, and I think um, it's worth thinking about from the media, even from, um, you know, Christian circles, from maybe social circles, mm-hmm. we really often settle for a lot of half truths right? about what sex is. Mm-hmm. You know, we get opinions, we get fear-based stuff, we get um, kind of manipulative messaging. Yeah. But only truly when we come to the word, when we come to scripture. Yeah. Are we able to see it for what it it is yeah. in its totality? totality? We see it because God designed it. Mm-hmm. He created it. Yeah. And so only I only want to know what he says about it because he's going to give me the, the most complete picture. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, you just said in that Keller quote, it is this amazing, awesome thing but it has a boundary around it because yeah. it has the power to do so much. Right. And so God rightly put it in the confines of marriage. Yeah. But that's a that's the full truth of it. Yeah. But we don't get that from almost any other avenue. We get just nuances right. or, you know, somebody's take on it. Yeah. And really it's it's powerful when you see what the scripture it says is. about sex. It is. It's it's to illustrate. It's like it's like fire, yeah, right. right. Powerfully good thing mm-hmm. in the proper place, like you know, a chimney, yeah. right? Fireplace. Yeah, it it's wonderfully good for a home. It yeah. brings warmth and light, and 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 goodness in that sense, right? Yeah. But if that fire gets under your couch. Yeah, then it it's not out. good yep. and it can burn it can burn the house down yes. and so i think respecting the power of this incredible gift that god's given us becomes something very important in a messaging that i missed out on hearing mm-hmm. um growing up and so yeah i think that's a wonderful part of of, of the scriptures it brings to light what's really there yep versus the confusion that often existed in my own life. And maybe if you're listening, maybe you had a skewed or, or confusing view of, of this very topic mm-hmm. because you were getting mixed messaging or partial truths or half-truths from a lot of different areas. Yeah. And that's why if we could really, really hammer something home, let the Word of God inform how you're supposed to think about certain things like sex. Yep. Because otherwise, you can get off tangent and go down a rabbit's trail and get lost in the woods very quickly on some things that the only way you're going to know how to navigate this world is shed the light of God's Word upon it. Yeah, because God's Word does speak about it. That's the thing is that, you know, I think sometimes we think, well, there's no way that that that's in the Bible. Right. (laughs) Or there's no way that, you know, we're going to get concrete answers to stuff. Um. But in fact, in Genesis 1, um, looking at verse 27, 
when God created mankind in his own image and in the image of God, he created them male and female. He created them and God blessed them. Verse 28 and said Mm. to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish and the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Yeah. That's the first instance, Mm -hmm. right? Of sex. Yeah. And who did God give it to? A husband and a wife. Yeah. And he gave it to them for a purpose and for a reason. And um, he gave it to them because it was good. Yeah. And we see there's many other scriptures, and we're going to talk about some of them, um, where we see God either speaking about sex or um, blessing it mm-hmm. or encouraging it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is, he is the author of it. Yeah. And I love that quote from Howard Hendricks, yes. kind of famous professor from Dallas Theological, right? Mm -hmm. Seminary. He said, um, we should not be ashamed to discuss what God was not ashamed to create. Yeah. And I think that's good to remember. It is. Um, And God gave us a whole book in the Old Testament. Yeah. Talks about sex and romance. Yeah. um, With the Song of Songs. Yeah. And um, it's funny because as a junior high pastor for years, um, very funny story. Um, I, at times, I was just kind of irritated with some of our boys not really wanting to get in the Word of God because their common excuse was it's boring. I said, boys, <laughs> listen, the Bible's not boring. It, it, you wouldn't be able to say that if you've read it. And by the way, do you realize that within uh, the Song of Songs in the Old Testament, there is a couple that has sex twice? And I can remember one of the boys going, um, excuse me, Pastor, what page is that on? <laughs> Thankfully, uh, the Song of Songs is written in this beautiful poetic language, right. and so they couldn't quite crack the code right. and quickly became disinterested when they couldn't figure out, what's this garden spring business <laughs> of the man and the woman? Um, and so funny, but yet I love the Song of Songs because that book in particular, as I heard it taught by various men who really kind of helped me understand this whole area uh, that was critically important uh, to all of us growing up and yet very little is talked about in the church in a way that really kind of like this is the big picture Mm -hmm. this is what it's really about Mm -hmm. without having to be um, shamed or guilt-ridden about talking about it Mm -hmm. or or being this taboo subject and so i'm thankful for men who have just stood on the word of god and said this is the bible and this is what it has to say about it and God created it and gave it to us, um, not only for, um, you know, to propagate the human race. Right. <laughs> but he also gave it for pleasure, yeah. as we see in the Song of Songs. Yep. So why don't we look at um, something that was in our lesson this week, because it was really interesting um, in a, the discussion that we had with our small group. Over and over, we kind of heard the same repeated theme, which was the messaging that we're going to talk about here in a second mm-hmm. was not the messaging that most of us got growing up right, regarding right. sex. And so let's talk about these four things totally. um, that we need to believe um, in order to have a proper understanding, which would be a biblical understanding right. about sex and sexuality within marriage. The first one is that sex is good. The act of sex itself is good. We just read in Genesis one twenty eight. God actually tells the man and the woman to have sex. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, if we maybe have this belief that sex is dirty, it's shameful, um, that keeps us really from fully giving ourselves to our spouse because yes. we're always kind of holding back or withholding or whatever with this 
warped thought Mm -hmm. like, oh, I don't know if this is okay. Um, But seeing sex as created by God frees us to move toward intimacy with our spouse. Yeah. And I love within the Song of Songs there in chapter 5, there's this one little verse where it's actually God who's talking. Mm -hmm. And in particular, he's talking about Solomon and his bride, this Shulamite woman. And this is after, like, you know, their their wedding day, and uh, they have had sex. (laughs) And God says, eat, friends, drink, and imbibe deeply, O lovers. So there's God talking to right. this couple. Right. Enjoy <laughs> not what going, I've created. Not going, good grief, could you guys like get a room? Because right. uh, I don't want right. to see this anymore. <laughs> like, what in the name of me is going on down there? Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> nope. He's saying, enjoy it. Yes. I've given it to you, and I've given it to you for yeah. enjoyment right. together. Yeah. And that is transformational as we think about you know, changing the way we think about this subject yep, um, and going from this place of going, gosh, I thought this way about it yep. to now seeing it totally different because of, because of God's word. Yep. Yeah. So if the first thing that we need to understand or believe is that sex is good, the yeah. second thing is that your body is good. Mm-hmm. And let me just explain a little bit what that means. Um, We need to believe that the physical body that we bring to sex, meaning the way that God created us, and this is so important because our world is so off track here, the way that God created us, male or female, Mm -hmm. it is good because God created us that way. Therefore, we were created in God's image, and he sees our bodies as good. Yeah. One of the hindrances to intimacy with your spouse is when you don't like your body or you don't mm-hmm. ca- take care of your body. But seeing your body as good and from God, not that it's perfect, right? but good, rather than something to be ashamed of or insecure about can be a great gift to give your spouse in a way to improve your intimacy. Yeah. And certainly that doesn't mean that we don't work on our body right. or we don't you know, take care of the, the body God's given us. But I do think... You know, if we look at what's happening with all the gender mm-hmm. confusion and um, body shaming, yes, people reassessing, yeah. you know, who you are and, and feeling as if you were created less than wrong, even right. You know, you're you're in the wrong body. We hear that all the time. Yeah. That's antithetical to what the gospel says, to what the the Bible says. Amen. God created us male. Or female. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and it what, was good. It was good. And what he created was good. And that the creation of our bodies is intentional, mm-hmm. especially in marriage. Right. We bring one man with one woman. And by God's design, we fit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? He created us to be one. Mm. And so, um, you know, that that is a real, I think, for our world today, our culture today, even our Christian culture. Right. That is something I think worth really taking a good look um, inside. Yeah. How do I feel about the way I was created? Yep. And am I living in shame about that or insecurity? Am I letting those fears speak louder than the truth of who I am and who God made me to be? Right. Um, and then what does that do to my relationship with my spouse? Right. Based on what I'm believing there. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's so good. And I think thirdly, it says, you know, sex is a gift to be enjoyed. Mm -hmm. Um, Not just given for procreation, though obviously children are a wonderful gift from God and a result of a man and woman coming together, but it's to be enjoyed. Yeah. This wonderful... By both parties. By both parties. Yep. Yeah. Um, And so I think that's something, uh, messaging, that was very skewed in my mind, kind of growing up as, as a kid. And so... Uh, again, this is this is God's word, and it helps us overcome the shackles and chains around our mind when it comes yeah. to this subject. I think this is also a really important point to teach our kids. Yeah, and you know, of course, I mean that in at an age appropriate time. Of course, of course. Um, I think maybe some of the best teaching regarding sex is a layered approach mm-hmm. in which you give a little bit. At, at certain ages and you just keep layering and deepening what they need to know at that stage of the game. Um, but I think it, it changes the maybe temptation a little bit. Yeah. Um, when we don't constantly like push it out of their mind as, you know, don't think about that. That is bad. You can't, you know, cannot entertain that thought rather than giving them the message that actually Everything about sex and even the desires that you feel, mm-hmm. those are God-given. Yeah. But the what's important is that they are expressed in the right context with the proper boundaries. That's right. Right? And, and according to God's design. That's right. Um, but I do think it's good to affirm for them, even at a younger age, that God created this as a gift that he gives in marriage. That's right. And it's worth being excited about. And it's worth looking forward to, and it's worth protecting, even as you are waiting for it. Um, but I don't think that the the practice of just being silent mm-hmm. has served anyone well. Yeah. Or, um, you know, refusing to kind of answer questions, or yeah. just I'm just thinking back to some of the the ways this wasn't handled well. I know. And not, I don't think it was, you know, ever ill-intentioned by most parents or most youth leaders or most church leaders or whatever. Um, But I do think that we have got to do a better job of giving kids a a bigger, better view of what sex is and what its purpose is so that as they grow, they understand what it's all about yeah as opposed to just like we said putting these half truths together right from a variety of sources and trying to understand what in the world um they're too much of the culture telling us and communicating to us about sex versus the church um and maybe that's a reason why we see so much trouble with this particular subject is because maybe the church hasn't done a good enough job of talking about it in a very real way biblically yeah um and so I, i i think it's right on yeah, and as Pastor Troy said in his adrift sermon last week, we have to be compassionately truthful mm-hmm. as believers. The yeah. truth is important, even in the realm of sex. Um, and again, you know, God will give us discernment about when and how with our kids, but we can't withhold truth from them, right? Just because we're uncomfortable, yeah, <laughs> or yeah. maybe we don't understand it, right? Um, what's the fourth thing here? Sex is an opportunity to glorify God. So good. First Corinthians ten thirty one. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory mm-hmm. of God. And again, that's huge. 
It is. I've, I've always thought of that verse when, you know, I'm coaching soccer. I tell the boys, you know, whether you eat or drink or play soccer, <laughs> do it to the glory of God. Yeah. I don't know that I've always fit like sex into that verse. Right. I've never fit sex into that verse <laughs> because I always think, how can I glorify God in this area? Right. Right? It, 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 it seems like it doesn't come, natural to, it doesn't come natural to think that way yep. at all. Yep. And again, that's because of the perceptions and the messaging and, and yep. I got growing up. Um, but I think it's important that we understand that we can glorify God within our marriage by having a healthy sex life. <laughs> yeah. And to have a sexy, <laughs> a sexy, wow. Well, and be sexy. Well, whatever. <laughs> 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 to have a healthy sex life, I was trying to say. Um, means that you are honoring God also by the way that you honor, bless, love, show grace to your spouse. Mm -hmm. Like that is one of the practical ways that we glorify God in it, right? right? Is that we are treating our spouse well, Yeah. um, however that looks. And so I think, you know, it definitely is not one that that's not an act that I have inserted into that verse either. <laughs> I usually try to tell myself like when I'm doing the dishes, when I'm doing the laundry, I can do this to glorify yeah. God. When I'm with my husband, yeah. I can do this to glorify God. And really a whole new thought, a whole new thought, a great, <laughs> I don't know, example of this. I think, you know, our honeymoon, um, I'm not giving any details, so don't worry I'm listeners. Panicking as you're okay? saying. Okay. Stuff okay. is breaking out in cold sweats Seriously. over there. Seriously. Um, we got to stay at the Ritz Carlton. Okay. Already and... too many details. <laughs> That's, we stayed at a hotel. That's okay. too many details. <laughs> no, we got to stay at the Ritz in Naples. Okay. And we were on the 13th floor. And again, this is when we talk about perception. Um, I had this idea like, gosh, I, I don't even want, I don't want even God to see what we're doing. And so I closed the curtains <laughs> On the 13th floor of the Ritz. <laughs> At midnight. At midnight. <laughs> In the dark. In the dark. Again, I, I'm telling you this um, because my perception of how I at least thought of sex with how God pictured it was, was drastic, drastically different. Yeah. And, um, and I wasn't glorifying God in that moment. I was still scared and living in fear because of the perceptions I had grown up thinking right. about it. Right. You know? Yep. We, got it. we had to rewire kind of um, our thinking as we became a couple. Yeah. Right? It is an interesting transition from, um, especially in the Christian world, from singleness to all of a sudden I'm married this thing that yesterday would have was been off a limits. problem, <laughs> right? Is now go time. That's right. From a red light to a green light yep. in one day. Yep. Yeah, it's a, it's whiplash a little bit. It's whiplash. Yeah, but I, I I just think this all points to, um, boy, it's so wise to think biblically about mm-hmm. sex from the beginning and to give our kids all right. Very biblical teaching on this. Thinking um, about this as parents uh, start having this conversation. You know, yeah. we've had a lot of parents at, at Grace go through what's called Passport to Purity. Yeah. Um, and resource, back in the day yeah. when I first started at Grace in 06, a lot of parents were doing that when, you know, their son or daughter was like in high school, 16, 17, 18. Yeah. But what we're now seeing because of the proliferation of the World Wide Web and information that's getting into the hands of kids at a younger age because they have devices in their hands at a younger age, yeah. they've noticed that they have to start that curriculum and aim it, focus it upon a younger group of kids, like 12, 13. Or even. Or maybe even younger. Yeah, it's, I feel like it's younger all the time. Yeah. 
yeah, it's just, it's such a, it's such an important thing. And, um, you know, I think to maybe pull it back to a husband wife relationship, it's also so important that we as adults refresh ourselves yeah. and remind ourselves of what God has created and what he has given us in a marriage. Because even, you know, in our forties, in our thirties, in our sixties, mm-hmm. we can go awry here. Right with sex and we can think about it, um, just from a selfish point of view, we can think about it from just a worldly point of view and Mm -hmm. we can really, it can be a huge wedge in our marriage that causes hurt and division and pain and maybe pushes us, you know, toward temptation to replace it with a lesser thing. Um, or some cheap invitation that the world yeah. tries to throw at us instead of the real gift that God has provided. Or even to look outside the marriage. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's happening all the time. And I do think that, you know, even in that case, the emotional intimacy is so key yeah. that we grow in that as couples because often that is where an affair begins. Mm-hmm. If we aren't able to be vulnerable and honest bring our weaknesses to our spouse and ask for their help and their support. Often, you know, someone who feels like they can't or won't do that falls into the arms of a coworker Mm -hmm. or a friend or a neighbor or whatever who is available to them. And then before you know it, it has spiraled into something way beyond where it began. But I do think, um, you know, these topics are, maybe not the the thing that you sit at a dinner party and discuss, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it is important as a, as a husband, wife, even as a single person to really wrap our heads around, um, the topic of intimacy and where we, how God views us and in even the intimacy he calls us into. Yeah. Um, that's so important and lays a foundation then for us to be healthy, to be intimate with another person, emotionally or physically. Right. And I think it's a great segue to really remind everybody that the gospel's here. And you think about the the barrier of sin. God, through his son, Jesus Christ, removed that barrier. It says there that when Christ died on the cross, the veil of the temple was torn from top to bottom, signifying it was something God was doing. He was now allowing access into a place that was off limits to be in communion with God in that holy of places because of the shed blood of Jesus that now offers and gives us forgiveness of our sins. And now we're a new creation in Christ covered in his righteousness and now we're now invited into this wonderful fellowship with God. Mm -hmm. Intimacy. Yeah. with God through his son, Jesus Christ, yeah. because the barrier of sin has been taken out of the way. Yeah. And so I hope that's an encouragement to you tonight as you're listening, that God has and wants intimacy with you, and he's yeah. provided that through his son. Yeah. And that is the starting place. We don't start with our relationships with each other. That's right. We have to start with that relationship with God, yeah. or nothing else will work properly that's right. as God has designed it to work. Yep. Yeah, we want to always think biblically mm-hmm. as we do life, right? And as we do relationships. Um, but we can't think biblically if we don't know God. That's right. <laughs> if we don't know what his word says. Um, if we are not um, renewing our mind mm-hmm. according to truth. 
and not the patterns of this world. That's right. right? That's right. So we um, we should probably wrap up here and. Thankfully, I've stopped sweating because you did not give <laughs> you did not go give too many details there. No. I wasn't sure where you're going with that. <laughs> you never know when a microphone is live. And There's a huge sigh of relief going on in our home right is, now. There is. But we're so thankful for you tonight. Grateful if you've been listening. I hope this has been helpful. Again, Steph and I, we don't come at this from a standpoint of being experts. No. We no. still struggle in our marriage and fighting for intimacy yeah. and working through the barriers that exist um, because of sin yep. and daily having to come before the Lord and ask for forgiveness yep. and renew our covenant yep. in the sense of coming together in that intimacy that God has designed and wants for us. But we're with you in this. As we always have mentioned before on various podcasts, we don't come at this talking down to you like we no. know everything. Absolutely. We talk with you because we realize we're all in this together. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, we're sinners who need Jesus. Yeah. And thankfully, because of what Christ did at the cross, he sees us different today mm-hmm. as beloved children of the King. Yeah. And if that can change our view in regards to how we know now because of the cross that God sees us, it'll help us start seeing one another differently as well. It will. Let me just put a plug in here for re-engage. Yeah. Because, you know, even as we record these podcasts and we go through this curriculum, we have said to one another over and over, this is such a blessing for us, for our marriage. Mm -hmm. Every time we get to do this, it is a huge refresher. Yeah. You know, we, we are human. We're prone to wander like everyone else. Um, But to be kind of consistently reminded of all of these different topics and what God has to say about them and how he has wired and to have the picture that he created, that he painted of marriage before us is so helpful. It's encouraging. It's informative. Mm. It's corrective. It's instructive. I mean, we are blessed going through this. And so here's what I want to encourage you with. Um, as we kind of wind down, re-engage, we're excited that it's going to be coming back. Yeah in the fall and next winter, spring. That's right. Um, but so if you're listening and you haven't been a part of Reengage, we'd love to invite you. We would. And I'd love to just let you know that this isn't just, sometimes we think, oh, I don't need a marriage class because my marriage isn't falling apart. Mm-hmm. This will help you if your marriage is falling apart. Yes. But also a goal of this, the whole point um, of doing this is that we want maybe even a healthy marriage to just get healthier. That's right. This is like taking a vitamin in a way. Mm-hmm. It's just only going to help um, in areas that maybe you don't even realize you need just a little bit of course cre- correction or um, instruction or whatever. So re-engage is such a blessing. Um, it is great because it meets so many different people in so many different places. Yeah. But don't think that it's not for you. Yeah even if your marriage is, is doing well, right. which praise God, if it's doing well, absolutely, that's wonderful. Um, but I, I can just see the benefit in that we've now been able to do this. You and I twice once last year and now this year, mm-hmm. and I see a huge change in our marriage. I just, see, there's just growth there. Yep. There's a, a deepening there. There's, um, a lot more unity between mm-hmm. us. Um, and I, I'm grateful. I thank yeah. God for the opportunity. And so we would love to have, maybe a bug planted in your mind 
um, an invitation even now for you to think about it next fall because I really think it would be a wonderful addition. Come join us, any and every marriage, regardless of the condition of your marriage. It's for you. Absolutely. Steph, why don't you pray for all of our listeners? Okay, I will do that. Honored to do that. Lord, I thank you for um, this opportunity to once again just sit down together and think through um, a topic or two that we have been able to go through and re-engage. I thank you, Lord, for the reminder that true intimacy to be known and fully known, um, to know you and to be fully known by you is such a desire of every human, even if we don't understand it. And you knew that about us. And while we were still unlovable, you came and loved us first. You reached out for us and pursued us um, Mm. in our most unlovely state. And you gave your son for us so that we would become more like him. We would become lovely because of him. But God, I just thank you um, that you are our example. You are the pattern for which we, um, we orient our lives around you. I thank you for um, just the topic of emotional intimacy, sexual intimacy. Lord, these are big parts of who we are, how you created us, um, parts of our mm. marriages and our relationships. And so you want us to know what you've said about them. And I thank you that you have spoken clearly through your words so that we have um, truth to stand on. We have a pattern to go by. And so, Lord, I just pray for our listeners today. I pray that no matter where they might find themselves, Lord, that that something um, would take root in their heart, that some truth from you, from your word, would just take root and encourage them, would build them up, maybe correct them, um, maybe counsel them. Lord, we just, we know that your word does not return void and it accomplishes everything that you set forth for it to do. And so Lord, we ask that today and I thank you for this time and we thank you for um, just the gift of marriage and all that you have designed and included to be part of that so that ultimately we could paint a picture of what you, um, the groom look like as you pursue Mm. your bride, the Mm -hmm. church. So God, we love you and we thank you. Um, and in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, we'll hope to see you next time. Yeah. <laughs> thank you again for listening. We're glad to be back and we just have a couple more weeks um, and then re-engage will be wrapped up. And yeah. I think we probably will have a few more podcast episode and then we also are going to be on a little summer break so we can kind of refresh. Yeah. Get some new content ready for the fall. Yeah. But uh, thanks for listening. And uh, again, we hope this is such an encouragement for you, no matter where you're at in life, whether you're married, a single parent, um, whoever's out there listening, we hope this is encouraging for you. Thank you so much. We will see See you next next time. Bye-bye.